The one thing I didn't do is research how many supermarkets are available out there. We talk about private practice, private business ownership, and well, supermarkets, there's there's private ownership, but they're they're big. Like, there's still some small grocers left, but I, that wasn't going to be a business that would support my family. Mm-hmm. So I went out and figured I need to figure out something else to do and met up with uh, Wes Hinges in 2015. And he'd been working with veterinarians. And he basically had a, a veterinarian, Dr. Phobian, who was trying to sell his practice. And looked at that and go, I can help out with that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the pilot episode for the Vetted Podcast. And I couldn't be more excited to be here with my good friend, my teammate, Kale Flaspolar, and my other good friend and teammate, Lindo Zawani. The Vetted Podcast, why are we doing this? There's only like, what, three to five million out there? And it's, I got to get out of this radio voice now because I'm like, you're, you're like definitely. the introductory is like, get a little too heavy. So back off. But yeah, three to five million podcasts. So Because we are that much better than everybody else at <laughs> podcasts. Kale, you took the words right on my mind. No. <laughs> Hey, why we're doing this is to bring a different viewpoint to the veterinary podcasts that are out there. There's a lot of good podcasts out there, but hey, another viewpoint does not hurt. And so uh, why we're doing this is because we believe there is a education, advocation, and inspiration gap in the veterinary community. And it's really an understanding gap that comes from the uh, consumer side to the provider side. And so since we come from different backgrounds, we have seen both sides now. We've been working veterinarians for a decade, and, and we've seen that. And after, along that decade, we thought, hey, if we can help private practice ownership, we probably should bridge the, some of this gap of understanding. And so why we're doing this is just that belief in private businesses are the backbone of the United States. And in fact, there's like around 35 million small businesses in the United States. Now, I think there's less of the corporate business in the United States, but they take up so much of the business. And what we fear is that with so many uh, big businesses out there, they take away the talent, they take away the resources of communities. And and that matters to us. And that matters to the next veterinarian coming through. Because if they don't have the inspiration of a private practice owner, I don't, well, hey, you know, we may not even have enough veterinarians who want to come into, into the field. So nothing against corporates, nothing at all. But independents also need somebody really advocating for them for private practice ownership. So why? It's just a deep belief I have, and I'll get into more of that later. But really, why is that? And I'm excited to dive into this uh, as we go along. So, um, Kill, you know, about the why, but, but, you know, what do we plan to do? Yeah, I, I think to kind of add to what you had to say, since, you know, I've been here four or five years looking at, you know, getting able to talk to all the students and everything. And it seemed like when you'd ask a group of students. You made it that far? I did make it this far. Um, You know, it seems like when I first started, when you'd ask a group of students, hey, who wants to be a business owner? You know, you'd get a few hands would shoot up in the air. Not very many. And, you know, last Deviant Partners we had, there was, you know, 15 students there and like nine of them raised their hand and said, yeah, I want to be a business owner. And I would kind of like to do mixed animal too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see the swing of things. Um, you know, uh, from, you know, one generation to the next, not really that five years a generation, but, um, you know, I just thought that was interesting. And that's kind of what, well, a what, short time frame, right? That very short time frame. Yeah. When there was seemed to be a lot of people thought that that wasn't going to be a thing. Right. People weren't going to raise their hands to be willing. No to be one a, wants to be a business, business owner, owner anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, that we're seeing the trend shift. Yeah. It's definitely shifting. And, and so I think that this podcast kind of starts 
to correlate a lot because what we're trying to do with this podcast is just tell stories about people that have been there and done all of the things, whether you wanted to buy a practice, build a practice, sell a practice, you know, hire a, a veterinarian, be a, be a veterinarian looking for a job. You know, there's all of these avenues and stories that we can tell from our clients, um, you know, that, that I think are going to be helpful. And so I always compare it to training dogs. I, there's going to be a lot of rural references in any time I, I start talking, but I didn't know you could train dogs to do things like I did until I started working with a professional trainer. And I, the first day I was with him, I was seeing dogs do things that I never even dreamed of trying to get a dog to do. And so, you know, it's just kind of interesting until you see somebody else do something successfully, you don't even think to try it. Absolutely. And so hopefully people can hear stories from our clients, uh, that, that inspire them to start something. You yeah. Know, th something that maybe they're thinking about, maybe they're, they're thinking about, I would like to do that one day, but you know, that person did it. Why can't I do it? And so I'm hopeful that, that, you know, we can inspire some people to, to pursue what, what they dream about. Yeah, absolutely. I think that key thing is, is, uh, also, who are we, who are we looking to listen uh, for for this? And I mentioned it earlier was about the consumer and the provider. Yeah, I hope that both listen. I hope that the veterinarian and the client who owns that animal listens too and uh, get something out of it. I mean, our, our real main target, if you want to look at it, is a veterinarian that wants to own a business, is in business, wants to get out of business. So get in, get out, or stay in. You know, those get in, there. stay in, get out. One of the in that know, order. Chronological matters. Yeah, it might. Does that matter? Okay, so get in. Stay, Stay in, in and get, get out. out. Okay. Okay. I got that down. So, so I need two of us. So uh, three, got Linda over here directing behind the, behind the scenes. So um, Linda, you know, as we look at uh, the, who that target audience is, the, the why uh, that we did this, the what, the who, what, you know, anything you'd add to what we've got? Um, just, just going back to what you said, you know, it makes sense that we, we, we targeting everyone that's, that's within the vet space, you know, so we, it's a podcast that's going to help everyone benefit from it as much as we are going to be giving out information. We're also going to be learning whilst we're doing this podcast. So it is a win-win for everyone. So as Kale says, you come, you stay and you go. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So Absolutely. I, I think it is going to be fun to hear the stories that our clients have to tell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, folks that we invite to tell, that, uh, tell their story that, you know, may not be clients or anything like that. It's just going to be fun to hear uh, the diversity of thought, the variety of perspectives that, that I think we're going to have on. Yeah, no. And, and, and again, the why, I do believe there's a, there's a gap in that education and the advocation for the veterinary community. There is a TED talk out there that Dr. Melanie Bowden does about the day in the life of veterinarian. And I, and I don't think I, I know because we just came back from the Missouri Veterinary Medical Association annual convention this past weekend. And I mentioned that in two of our talks, that video, and no one's really seen it or heard of it. That, that was in that group. That doesn't mean no one's seen it. It's been seen a lot, but it surprised me that they had it. And I think that's one thing to go out there is to check out Dr. Melody Bowden's TED Talk about life, uh, a, lot, a day in the life of a veterinarian because it really shows what they do in one day. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that people don't understand what goes on behind the scenes and, in fact, think about the veterinary medicine quite different than human medicine due to the fact that uh, they see the bill a minute they walk out the door. And I had a conversation with someone the other day where they were going, that veterinary medicine's expensive. I go, really? I go, yeah, it's 600 bucks. And I go, okay. Well, what, what went on? Well, I had a procedure for my animal. You know, it's like, okay. Well, what if you had that same procedure for a human? And their eyes like, oh, 
you could see just the realization that simple discussion about that came came through. And the other thing too, on the flip side, is that the veterinarians, uh, you know, they have a hard time with that too, right? Mm -hmm. About that because that, I think that pressure from that person. But when you've got someone that's as educated as human doctors, but paid completely differently, I'm not advocating for, you know, huge wages here. I'm advocating for proper you know, proper pay for the veteran medical field so they can be successful and happy. So I think that's it. Why, why are we doing this? Private practice ownership matters and profitable practice matters. So that's a big part of what we're going to talk about. Can't, can't wait to dive into it. And, and you know, the better podcast is going to be a great thing to do. We're going to enjoy it. Hope everyone else likes it. If we get five views. We're going to keep doing it. Hope yep. we get five views at a time. So anything before we jump off here that you want to add? I know. I'm, no. I'm happy with everything you said. So. Well, good. Good. Well, hey, uh, let's take a break here before we jump into our next segment. But that's uh, why are we doing this vetted podcast when there's how many other podcasts out Several there? million. Several million. <laughs> One of several million. <laughs> One to seven, probably. One to seven. Somewhere in that range. Somewhere. Give, or, give or take some. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, people might be wondering why the hell they would listen to to our viewpoint (laughs) and why ours might be different from other people's. So why don't you kick it off and tell us us about yourself? Pretty valid point. My name's Stephen Herman. Maybe I didn't even start with that at the beginning, right? You know, just like went right into it. Assuming people knew me. We could just put this at the beginning. Like I know you, you know me, but no one else out there listening does unless unless, unless they're a friend that happens to have pity on us to listen to our our pilot episode podcast. So, hey, no, I, I think that, Definitely the viewpoints where we come from matters and what we can add to what we're doing. And I grew up in in Lake of the Ozarks, which I'm pretty sure everyone's heard of Lake of the Ozarks by now. If they haven't, uh, they don't watch Netflix. <laughs> the Ozarks won some awards and done quite a bit of things. And I kind of get that out of the way that, you know, is it like it? Is it not like it? Well, I'll leave that for the people to wonder. But I had a great time growing up in Lake of the Ozarks. Um, grew up in a supermarket. Uh, family. And my grandfather bought a supermarket in 1968 in a town called Eldon, Missouri. And in 1979, when I came around, I literally spent all my time in the supermarket that I wasn't at school or elsewhere, right? It was like supermarket, family stuff, school. And so what's pretty cool is that actually the people working there knew my weight all the time because they weighed me on the scale. So just, you know, small business. But uh, what I think the advantage or viewpoint bringing from that is that Growing up in that small business, I, I it's kind of just in you to understand how they run, how they operate, especially in the supermarket uh, space. And one thing my dad believed in, and and that one of our biggest competitors, Walmart, uh, believed in was technology, and that brought me a long way in in what I believe in today to continue with that uh, technology with business owners. And also one of the things we did was uh, bookkeeping uh, back in the day. And I think that was, uh, brings, you talk about DVM office earlier, one of our, our companies we have that does the bookkeeping and crunching of numbers, KPIs, metrics, all those things, uh, really came from that. And I think what was cool is that I didn't realize that that was going on at the time. That was back in the nineties when, uh, Excel was the way that you did things and, and you had to get things out of the computer and put them in the Excel sheets. And, and my dad was like, there's gotta be a better way to do that. And unfortunately I was the one that got to, got to solve that. And so, I graduated in 97 uh, from high school, went to, what's that? Zero, that was your eyes born. <laughs> you're, you're, you're born. 
Good for you. Um, <laughs> so I I was uh, went to school went to school at the University of Missouri and started off with engineering. And after a couple years of engineering and a couple years of calculus, when they start talking about vectors and planes and intersection in space, I was like, I really don't. I, okay, I'm sure they meet somewhere, but I don't want to solve that. And so I, I did uh, what was next best in the numbers world because I enjoy numbers and people uh, was a finance degree. So I got a finance degree from the University of Missouri, all the while working in the family business. And during that time, I, I met my, my wife, love my life, Dr. Lauren Herman, who is a member here at Pro Partners. And she and I have three boys. I've got one in college at Columbia College. I've got a senior getting ready to graduate. He's going to go to MU. Got accepted to the Honors College. He's, he's a pretty smart kid. Got physics and uh, astronomy uh, as his degree is going to go into. Then I have uh, my youngest will be a freshman next year at Hickman. So, yeah, you know, uh, I, I'd love to have fun. I love to get outside and and ride bikes. You know that. It's like when can I ride? I ride bikes when it's sixteen degrees outside, you know, and freezing, and my water bottle freezes up. And so anything active and is good. Being from the lake, grew up on jet skis, and and grew up, you know, on boats. You got some pretty impressive videos of your of yourself uh, doing some tricks on some jet skis. <laughs> I wish they had the ones of them breaking, you know, because like they never get that. They never I mean, get they, them when you break it. Yeah, when you break that's it. A, that's a good stat. Yeah, I mean, I was. I like, broke multiple jet skis. Yeah, I broke multiple jet skis. And, and they don't, I just, I have the picture of them broken, not in the the, the part of the breaking, not in the action. Yeah, not in the action. The so, yeah, yeah. So, no, it's, it's, but anyways, getting into, uh, and, and definitely enjoy dogs. You know, dogs, I don't have any cats because Lauren's allergic to cats, but animals are, are a big passion of mine. I always had a dog. Brings a lot of happiness to me, and, and obviously working with veterinarians, having a podcast called Vetted about vet education. Um, I think you have to have a love for animals, and I think it's a pretty good qualifier for someone. Is like if if you don't love animals, kind of like what what are we what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? We may not we may not fit in this fit fit together. Yeah. <laughs> you might need to ride on a different bus, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And that's part of what this is about too. Is like hey, not everybody fits on this. You know, it's going to ride in the same bus, and that's mm-hmm. okay too. There's multiple buses out there, so hopefully, hopefully, there's not people on the bus for the vetted podcast to be successful. But, Kale, uh, yeah, you mentioned you were born uh, the year I graduated high school. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah. I I grew up very much similar to Stephen in Missouri, small town Missouri. I grew up in Hannibal, Missouri. If you paid attention in high school, that's where Mark Twain's from. Uh, that's pretty much what the town hangs its hat on. Everything is named Mark Twain and Samuel Clemens this and everything. So, yep. um, you know, I, I really, really enjoy growing up in Hannibal. It's a it's a river town. So I uh, I spend a lot of time on the river and I've always enjoyed that. Um, you know, I, I enjoy all Missouri's rivers, whether it's a trout stream in the south, you know, south part of Missouri or the muddy river in the middle uh, yeah. or, or the Mississippi. It's totally, totally fine with me as long as I'm behind the wheel of a boat. I, I enjoy that. Um, you know, you can always... You can always tell what's important to folks by what's in their bank account. And I spend a yeah. lot of money on fuel. <laughs> every transaction is that. So whether it's uh, filling up the boat or it's going to going to the farms or, or doing stuff like that. I uh, I grew up in, in a pretty he- conservation-heavy family. Mm-hmm. So I was exposed to waterfowl conservation primarily from a very young age. And so that's become a passion of mine now. I'm active in Ducks Unlimited, and probably not as active as they'd like me to be, but <laughs> I uh, I support them nonetheless, and go to several banquets, and I I enjoy those kind of things. That's 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 about me. But you know, in, in high school, I really enjoyed um, I enjoyed real estate, and yeah. so my family was big into, into real estate. We flipped houses, we had rental properties, stuff like that, and I I really 
I enjoyed the whole process, uh, but I really liked negotiating. It was always fun when we got to sell one and, you know, I'd be, I, I also worked at the real estate office and so I'd, I'd kind of, you know, get to help with the whole process. And I, I really enjoyed that. And that, that really translates to some of the things that we do here. And I think that's why I enjoy working on transitions as much as I do is because it kind of is a piece of that, um, a yeah. continuation of what yeah. I, what I used to do a little bit. Um, so went to the university of Missouri, graduated during COVID in 2020, which was an interesting time to, yeah. to enter the workforce, but you know, um, pretty, straightforward guy you know yeah i remember that this is covid we were looking for more office space because the team was growing and uh yeah that was real interesting i mean that was that was like do we need completely separate offices how do we make this work and so with that hey we're here today yeah worked so, out yeah it's it's interesting about you and the, and the river you know i i've been on the river on jet skis for a charity run that the ymca at the lake did and, and man, you got to respect that more, more than the lake. And, oh yeah, you know, it, and what's pretty wild about it is that we go out to go fishing on the Missouri river here outside of Columbia, Missouri. And this guy lets me drive his boat. And, you know, I knew he's like said, I usually don't let people drive my boat because it's a river and, you know, I don't know if they're not a driver or not, but yeah, he trusts me enough. I, I, I was going to see what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm sitting there looking at him. He's on the bow of the boat and I'm in the back and, and there's a little trim tab. You can trim the, the drive up. And when you turn the drive up just right, it starts bouncing. <laughs> so I just sat there. And, and what'd you do? I turned around, I looked at him, and I and then he smiled. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's driven enough boats to yeah. he's fine with this. And I turned around, I looked at him, and he just smiled at me and trimmed it back down and planed it out. And I yeah. was like, all right, he was screwing with me. Yeah, Thank goodness. yeah absolutely. No, you're right about the river. You have to respect it quite a bit. Um, it's definitely not just a body of water you can drive wherever oh. you want, uh, especially when some of the rock dikes are underwater and sandbars and stuff. You gotta, you gotta be able to read it quite a bit, quite yeah, a bit different. And you're moving when you're, when you're not under motor. Yeah. You're moving all the time. <laughs> so yeah. what, Hey, Kale, what about, what about this uh, good looking guy? Uh, you know, again, this guy behind the, uh, behind the, the desk scenes. back here behind the scenes. I am really glad he's behind the scenes because, uh, not saying we're good looking guys at all, at all, but it helps us. Maybe I mean, my, like I really tried today. You tried a lot. You tried? Yeah, really hard. Tried real good? I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, Linda, how about you, my man? Thank you for the intro. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you guys look spectacular today. Oh. As it's... always. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so for me, it's a different route than where you guys grew up in. So I'm from South Africa, Johannesburg. Uh, I grew up in the city. I'm a city guy. So what's, what's population in Johannesburg? Population, jeez. Mm -hmm. Put you on the spot. Within fifty thousand is fine. I don't know. I'll say four million. Yeah, so it's a lot of people. Yeah, roughly four million. Okay. Yeah. So no lake for us, sadly. No. Uh, you have to travel a bit to yeah. get to a lake. So yeah. just more of the buildings and stuff. But I just had an interesting childhood. You know, um, I grew up in a business family, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my mom entrepreneur work has her own company. My dad same thing. So. I grew up in a very business um, business household where even when I went to high school, you know, I was more interested in business classes. Even when I spoke to my parents, they always wanted me to get into the business space, you know. But yeah. as years went by, um, I wasn't interested in that. I was just more of a take a different route and see where it, it, it ended up. So I took the, the route of studying communication. And that's what I studied when I, when I got an opportunity to come to, to the States mm -hmm. and I moved to Missouri. Uh, which was, was very different for me because, you know, I'm used to the city and everything. But as soon as you get to Missouri, you just 
notice how different it is, but in a good way, you know, you meet uh, families that are willing to take you in. So I, I had, I had pretty much the best experience in my college years. You know, I did four years in Columbia College and I just recently graduated. Yes, you um, did. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you very much, sir. Um, but yeah, I moved to Colombia and it's it's really amazing, uh, especially when I meet people that are into hunting, like you guys. <laughs> hunting, uh, going to the lake. It's it's really amazing what what you learn when you when you move to a place like Missouri. You know, people don't don't really talk about it a lot, but there's really so much good that you that you see because everyone is just family orientated. Yeah. You know, everyone is just just very focused on themselves and it's a very good thing it's a family feeling you know you get you it's a good community and everything so i'm i'm happy that i'm here and i got the opportunity to also come work at a vet space you know where i'm, I'm i love animals and everything yeah. so it's it's a perfect space for me and that's, that's pretty much all i have well hey we're i'm really glad to have you on board and lindo you you've spearheaded this uh, for a good seven, eight months now, putting together equipment needs, all the things that come together to make a great podcast. And so uh, we couldn't do this without you. And it's interesting, you talk about your parents. Um, they wanted you to come in the business, you said, and like uh, be part of the business. Yes. And, and, and if, I, if I can, what's interesting, my dad, I think, tried to like encourage me like to be discouraged from the business because he would give me like the really crappy jobs <laughs> at the store. You know, I, I, apparently you're a lot smarter than me as I'm trying to lead towards it. And, I look at it where uh, one of our stores, uh, we used to burn our boxes back in the 90s. Up until the 90s, you you would burn your boxes. You didn't recycle. So you literally had an incinerator on the side of the store. Yeah. Going. And you, had to keep it, you had to keep it going too, right? You don't want to go out. Only time we go out is Saturday night into Sunday because you needed to clean out the ashes. Well, guess who got to clean out the ashes on Sunday? I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, and so the way you clean the ashes out, you open the door on the outside of, of the store, outside of the incinerator, and you go in, and then you start shoveling it out. <laughs> and my dad would, like, I think try to blame the manager. It was like, no, no, I, I, it wasn't me. It was manager trying to do that to you. And I, like, look back, I'm like, he was really trying to be like, you sure you want to work here? You don't want to work. Either, either he was really wanting me to prove myself that I was willing to do whatever to work there at the time, or or I just wasn't smart enough to be like, he was like, Stephen, go do something else. And so, <laughs> all kidding aside, I think that, but we look at, but the experience I had at the supermarket will help me with the viewpoints for uh, finding, you know, a way to help the veterinary uh, business owner yeah. in the private practice. So, I'm excited about that. We got a great group of of, of guys here. Linda Zwani is our director behind the scenes. And I'm Stephen Herman again, the co-host. Kale Flaspuller. Co-host. Co-host. And we got up here again, key thing, educating and advocating and inspiring and looking at the privately owned, owned practices. So uh, you'll, you'll find out more about us as we go along. And what I think is great about this too is we'll find out more about each other, mm -hmm. more about our guests and just more about the veterinary community, which uh, if we got educating in the title here we probably ought to stay educated mm -hmm. so perfect thing to do absolutely so why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about why you guys started pro partners in the first place so um well it's, it's interesting pro partners had a couple a couple of evolutions really um so my business partner wes hinges and i met in 2015 and he'd been working with veterinarians but on the financial planning side and I had been out of the family business for a couple of years, trying to figure out what the next things to do were. And one of the things I had done was uh, start a company called Supermarket Solutions that did the um, background work on accounting and bookkeeping and, and really automated that. It took like two, three hours a day of work down to like 15 minutes and took the 
weekly reporting of sales, labor, gross profit, all that kind of stuff, and got in our hands real quick. And so I, I took that. I thought, you know what? I had to, I had to go and, and do that. <laughs> you know, that's my next evolution. And well, the one thing I didn't do is research how many supermarkets are available out there. We talk about private practice, private business ownership, and well, supermarkets. There's there's private ownership, but they're they're big. They're in, in our state. It's like. Deerbergs and, and Schnooks and up in Kansas City, like the Price Choppers, they're really big. There's still some small grocers left, but I, that wasn't going to be a business that would support my family. Mm-hmm. So I went out and figured I need to figure out something else to do. And, and so I did some financial advising myself, met up with uh, Wes Hinges in 2015, and he'd been working with veterinarians. And basically had a, a veterinarian, Dr. Phobian, who was trying to sell his practice to his associate, Dr. Chad McNeil. And looked at that and go, I can help out with that because I've helped sell a business uh, or two before, uh, bought businesses before and thought, well, they, these veterinarians, number one, uh, they're really good people. And, and number two, uh, we can help. So you connect those good people and help together. And, and Wes was thinking the same thing is needed someone to come in and help on that business system side. And so, you know, at that time, we we knew what we wanted to do, but we hadn't fully formed it yet because it was like, what's going to work. Mm-hmm. The good thing that was, there's a lot of veterinarians out there and a lot of veterinarians are receptive to, Hey, Milo, we got, I didn't introduce Milo down here. Did I? No, we didn't say anything about Milo. Oh, we got the MVP down here. Milo. He's probably not going to say much. He isn't going to talk much, is he? Maybe he'll get on camera one day. Maybe he's down there. So, um, no, but, but, you know, we looked at that and, and, and West comes from, uh, uh, Tipton, Missouri, a small town of Missouri. Uh, grew up on a farm and, you know, so, he, he just has a care for people and saw that in him. And so, yeah, we, we started out uh, Pro Partners uh, back in 2015, you know, together. And, and really, since then, we've uh, had the great opportunity to form three companies under that. I've got DBM Financial Solutions, DBM Business Solutions, and DBM Office. And, and that, when you get the word out of, of how private practices can be successful. And so, yeah, why we started, it gets back to the beginning of this podcast is, we want to see private practices be successful. So, no, I think, thanks for asking about that. Is that the way you see? Did, have we got that message across to you that? Yeah, I mean, that makes what we're doing makes pretty much yeah. good sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I think if we if we switch gears to DVM Office just a little bit, I um, yeah, I really when I came on, I was I was sitting in meetings with you guys all the time, and right. I was listening to what was going on. I wasn't saying much at the time. And it it seemed like every time we'd get in, we'd want to talk about, about numbers. And Mm -hmm. the answer we'd get is, oh, they're not done yet. Or, you know, they're done, but they're only done through February and it'd be July. And it's like, well, it's really hard for us to tell whether you're doing all right or not without decent numbers or at least close. Right. I mean, you know, and, and the ones that were close, they'd give you one line of revenue and one line of expenses or cogs and a few expenses and net income, which is fine for the, for you know, the IRS, but you know, for, for figuring out actually what was going on running a business in the practice and running a yeah. business yeah. was absolutely not yeah. adequate. And so, you know, when, when we started talking about building DVM office, you know, I, I really related to that. And that was, that was part of the reason that I wanted to do that is so we could get to a point where we're getting to now where we can start talking about data and where should this number be? Yeah. And, you know, what is that, what is that metric? What's the benchmark? What are all those things? And, you know, we can actually start making a difference and start adding some percentages to to the bottom line for folks. Yeah. 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 What? Well, sorry, one question. Yeah. Just doing before I interrupt you, Steve. So just for someone, you did interrupt me. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so just just a backup question for someone who doesn't know 
what is DVM Office and like what do you guys really do? Like, yeah, DVM Office, uh, you know, at its core is is a is a bookkeeping uh, solution for private. Uh, that was that's where it started. Yeah, that was where it started, right? Yeah. And so we would go into we help basically alleviate all the bookkeeping tasks from the practice itself, right? We're we're not the CPA, but we're we're removing the day to day mundane tasks that are mm-hmm. costing the the practice time and money, and then we're doing that to a level of granularity using the AHA chart of accounts that's difficult to do without mm-hmm. a, a good process and a good system. And so, you know, with that, we're able to go in and and see exactly where we're making money and where we're spending money and identify areas for for growth. And then that's grown into uh, benchmarking and, and data and delivering numbers in just a different way to well, folks. Yeah, on time and, and doing it with technology that, I mean, you've got with over 3,000 lines of of code and formula that, that yeah. matches invoices and sales and labor and miscellaneous items that a veterinary practice has. And I think the, the technology behind it is really cool. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, I think that's a huge, unique part is we see what uh, some other people out there, they go, here's your metrics, but they collect them on a website or self-submitted form by, by the veterinarian. And so you go, well, how accurate are those numbers you're even benchmarking off of? So, uh, when we talk about, you know, educating, advocating, inspiring, you got the right numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to compare yourself to you first, you do. right? Before, before you start comparing yourself to what's the, what's the benchmark here? Yeah. What, what should I be at? It's like, yeah. okay, well, let's look at you over time compared to you first yeah. let's get you to a point where we're operating really well and yeah. then we can start looking at fine-tuning things well and that was supermark solutions uh, was essentially is, is getting those numbers right to the, the grocer and you talk about an industry where you have to get the numbers right because you're you're on such razor thin margins that if you don't have the numbers right you're not gonna be around very long yeah you're done yeah and i think that's why there's a lot of corporate uh, grocers or, or you know big grocers that are privately owned because they put those systems in place and with today's you know supermarket industry, it just it went that way. In this veterinary space, veterinarians have been able to make money without having to worry too much about their numbers. And make money's yeah, we'll talk about what does that really mean. Yeah, what is making money actually? Yeah, look like? what, are you really making money, or, you, or do you have a job? Is the bank account balance where you like it? Yeah, yeah, lots of things to go into, but I think that really, when we dive into those numbers like that, that getting those right in the way that we are putting together is gonna. No, change things in the, in yeah. the industry. What Let's it all comes down that. to is just having a good system and a good process and following it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I think I put keep it simply simple on my talk this week because I said the KISS method and I didn't want to, I didn't know who the audience was. How that was going to come yeah, across. Yeah, yeah. So I think keep it simply simple. Does that make sense? I'm probably not going to use it, but. Oh, you're not, not going to use it? No. No, not at all? I mean, you know, maybe. Maybe. Huh. Not in, not internal. It's not going to catch on? Not here. Why not? I, I don't like it. Okay, you're, 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 you got your, you're vetoing it. Veto. It's up. <laughs> well, I think that's about us too. Again, the, hey, we would like to have fun. I really want this to be fun. That should come across. We're going to have fun. We're going to poke or rib each other and, uh, and smile about it. So, so that's a great thing about us and look forward to continuing on the podcast. Let's take a break guys and come back with more. Hey, glad to be back. Thank you, Lindo. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't? Let's try to get adjusted here and get this stuff figured out on how to sit right. <laughs> it's important. Put your hands. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> just stare at the yeah. camera and put your hands. Well, if we can give just a real 
a little bit of taste of, of what we'll dive into. And we'll talk about more about who will be on the episode and other things, but we're coming right off the Missouri Veterinary Medical Association. And one of the talks that we gave was titled State of the Veterinary Industry. And why we're able to give that is because we have a good amount of financial data and a good amount of practice data. So we're able to dive in and, and take a look at that. But I'm always curious, like, I want to pull people. I want to see what what are they thinking. And and I and we did that. We had had a couple, uh, three good, really good questions. And and one of them was, how do you feel about the state of the veterinary industry? And what do you think? So what it was is Slido. And so as people get the same words, like the word gets bigger, right? So there's there's like oh twenty ish responses here on this, and you know, or more actually. But what do you think the biggest word was on here? If you were to guess, why are we doing this podcast? It was about corporate. Corporate was yeah, like smack probably. dab in the middle, yeah. right? Like private practice owners are they're uh, they're 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 worried about about the corporate you know side of things. So that, that gets back to why are we doing this podcast? I was I was interested to see that except backs up what's going on, but some of the words on there, um, growing was one. That's good, right? Yeah. Then next to it's nervous. Then we got possibilities. Um, I got inflation. I don't know how that, you know how that fits in, but um, have some on here too. That you shouldn't say. Uh, one says ruining. So there's there's negativity out there and positivity out there. So how do we make sure that positivity stays out out in front of that? And then we asked um, we asked one question. So what are you competing for? So as, as a veterinary practice owner, what are you competing for? I thought this was interesting. The, the most answered same word was time. And that's saying that about the advocation for the advocating for the veterinary industry is that time is one of the things because they people don't know how many animals there are compared to veterinarians. And we know, as we know, working veterinarians there are less veterinarians that, animal ratio than ever before and, and it's becoming a mounting problem so time so that, that that's a thing we'll dive into and then the other question we asked was um oh i can't see the question on here but the question i believe was um uh, so i had what are you competing for and then who are you competing with and that's kind of interesting that you know to get get that answer here and and um, you know, of course, corporate comes up again, right? I mean, you got that up there, is that? But they also come up with there's online ordering like Chewy mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So, hey, I think we'll be able to dive into things like that and break down what 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 does that mean and what are we seeing out there? Because you got people that have fears, and just like we had in today in our, our lunch meeting with our team, we were talking about investing, and one of our one of our team members said, "Well, I feel," and I was like, I, "Okay." I mean, feeling's fine, but let's start with rational data. Let's start with good information and, and get down to that to go. Is that feeling real or just a feeling? So I, I'm, I'm excited about diving into that. And I think that, you know, Kale, you're looking at some numbers there that we presented and, and how 2023 ended up. And, and so why don't, you, why don't you throw a few of those numbers around? Yeah, so first one looking at this is, is CPI. And we are fortunate to talk to people all the time about um, you know, what are you doing with pricing? How, how do you feel about pricing? What are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to do individual things? You're going to do blanket markups. And so, you know, I feel like towards the end of 2022, uh, this, we had this notion that folks were just going to do a small, smaller increase, right? You know, we do one, 2%, whatever. But as it turns out, the 
the CPI for the for the United States was six point five percent, and which in is 20, in twenty two in twenty twenty two right. Yeah. And so if you look at that as as the veterinary industry goes, it's actually eight point eight, so yeah. it's several percent higher. And so you know if you didn't go up by at least eight point eight percent, you were falling behind right. compared to everybody else. And right. so you know looking at that compared to twenty twenty three, the CPI was three point four percent, but the veterinary inflation rate came down to ten point eight percent. Yeah. And so if you if you average that out, that's almost twenty percent in in two years. Yeah. And so I know my clients are tired of me talking to them about pricing, but it's so 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 important yes. be, to get that right because if you don't, there's so many things that that you know you're gonna not you're gonna be be worse off for. Um, you know, if you ever try to go get a loan, if you ever try to go have somebody buy in, if you try to sell, if you do all those things, if you have one year of declining profitability, that's gonna hurt the sale price. That's gonna hurt your chances of getting that loan. That's gonna do a lot of things that you definitely don't want. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just, it's impo- so important to stay ahead of that. And I know with 20%, that's a pretty darn steep number to try to deal with. Um, but it's just one of those things that, that you have to have right. And, and you fall behind. Yeah. So it's not only, it's like you fall behind if you don't do this year over year and you've got to be able to pay your staff. Yeah. And if you don't do these things, you can't pay your staff. And so, you know, that's what, that's what, you know, amazes me about it is that, when people talk about profitability and numbers and things like that and, and aren't taking a look at the the veteran inflation themselves. So I think it's important the the regular mushed together inflation was 3.4%. And some, a lot of people take that number yeah. and would use that number versus the the 10.8%. Yeah. So if you if you for instance if you look at the CPI this year at 3.4% and your actual veterinary inflation rate was 10.8, you're you're 7% behind. Yeah. already right off the rip yeah. you're losing seven percent of your money yeah so i think one thing to think about this is most people have a credit card with rewards on it and people with credit card like cash rewards on it or whatever that is and if you let those pile up year after year after year you are like you're losing money mm-hmm. like at the end of the year if you don't get rid of your rewards or use those rewards the next year they're worth 10% less mm-hmm. or 3% less. It's a real simple way to look at it. Yeah. Same way with pricing on that side. So yeah, those are, um, I think those are some real interesting numbers that, that, that look at what other numbers you come across. You know, as we look at, at, at client revenue growth, um, you know, which, which does absolutely correlate in, in 2022, we saw that, uh, up 12.2% compared mm-hmm. to the, uh, the previous year. And in 2023, we were up 10.8%. Um, so, you know, Folks are keeping up with it, um, but that's top line revenue. That's not yeah. how much did you actually keep. And so, you know, if if you if you're not keeping up with that that inflation rate, let's just say it is seven percent that mm-hmm. you you were short mm-hmm. on a million dollars. That's seventy grand. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of money to to be leaving on the table just because you're not not being cognizant of that. So, the folks that definitely did it are 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 doing fine. But some of the folks that that didn't are are definitely playing catch up, and and it, we're seeing it. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Numbers matter, but one of the struggles in the veterinary industry is that the veterinary business owner has got to be a veterinarian. That's the most. That's one of the most important roles. Yes, they own a business, and I don't want to say one's more or less, but at the end of the day, I mean that's what they went to school for. That's what the you know person walked the door. The, the pet owner is expecting is that veterinary medicine to be delivered, and and when they are, um, you're looking at a lot of animals coming through the door. When do you find the time to do that? And so I think that uh, that brings a lot of stress, and we hope that we can bring some information and, and ideas and concepts that will help 
uh, people alleviate that stress. So, so looking forward to, that's a big part we're going to do, share numbers on that side and, and answer questions. I want to start out with, let's get people to get questions into us. What are they, what are they wondering about? What are they unsure about? And you know, hopefully if they're, if they're nervous, excited, either way, let's, let's figure that out. Is it, is it justified? And that's going to be a big part of what we got going on here. So uh, real excited to dive into that. Uh, our, our other segment was on um, how to make your practice competitive. That's kind of where those, what are you competing with, uh, things that came along with it. And at the end of the day, I think that the message across everybody was to uh, really have some four good cornerstones for a practice. And what you think is real important, one cornerstone being culture. I mean, everyone's got a culture. Yeah, did you build it or did it happen to you? Yeah. Is it good or bad? You know, which one is it? So that that, that comes first, is understanding your culture. And, and you can't do anything without the right culture, number one. Wait. You can't. That's just not going to be much fun. No, and it's going to be way harder. Yeah, and, and then the next thing is, yeah, unique value. What 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 makes you unique? You know, what why why do people, you know, come to your practice over another practice? And, and then you get it down into uh, course operations. You know, what happens behind the scenes to make everything happen? And then to bookend it, we bookend it with client experience. I think what's important about that culture and client experience is those are those two right there. You got to get those right. And so we, we got on onto that and looking at client experience really is to think about it from the standpoint of, um, take yourself as, as the consumer, you know, as the owner, take yourself as consumer, what are some really good experiences you've had in your life? A lot of people are probably going to say like a restaurant, right? Had a really good meal at a restaurant. The service is excellent. And, and one of the crew here, uh, Brendan, uh, he through college worked as a waiter and I was talking about this, this experience and service. And he said, you know, I could bring out the same food as the next table, right? Same exact food. But if I brought it out a little better of a smile, a little quicker, you know, and really took care of that table, that food tasted better. Mm-hmm. And same thing in veterinary practice. Because think about this, though. As a consumer, you have no idea really what's going on behind the scenes. No. Like, it's not like tasting spaghetti. <laughs> You're like, I think, my, I think they're doing a good job with my animal. It's communication. It's those things that come along with it. So what are those things that make you unique, make you different? And I think that, that that was a lot of fun to talk about. And we've got a lot of experience with uh, with clients, uh, with with customer service, especially in the grocery industry. Uh, we had, we called it a fresh experience at our store. We wanted to make it that way. We competed against uh, the biggest corporations in the world, Walmart being one of them. I competed with Hy-Vee, competed with Target, and you know, a couple other, uh, Kroger is uh, the one we competed with. And then what we knew we could separate ourselves with, we all had the same cornflakes, you know. Um, but we could do a few things better. We could explain things better. We could we could really walk down the aisle and take care of that that client, that customer. So how do we spread that word to the veterinarian on the, what's possible on those things? And and hopefully at the end of the day, with I said inspiring, we want to inspire them to be like, this is a place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent a lot of time educating myself to be here. And I really want to be happy here. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun to, to dive into. And Lindo, break down how when we're going to release these, some some content about what's going on. I mean, you are the director, so I don't want to step on your feet, you know, and and mess that up and be reprimanded after the show. I just I I, I just want to have a good night afterwards. So can, can you do that for me? Yes, <laughs> I have you covered. <laughs> uh, so right now we have we have we have it planned. We have a bit behind schedule, not really, but kind of are so <laughs> just to just to not um mistake things so we're trying to do two episodes a month 
Right. So we're trying to do two episodes a month and we're going we're gonna to try um put them up after every time we record, like yep. every week. So it should be like um bi-weekly. You know, um, that's what we, we have planned. Uh, I don't know what else, what else do you have planned? Well, I think, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I want to put you on the spot, you know. I just want to see how you, how you did back there. You did good. You did good. What we got planned is is we have um, great clients who are great friends. We're going to interview them. They're veterinarians. We've got uh, great friends that are in the providing of equipment, providing of money, you know, from the lending side, providing of the pharmaceuticals. I want to bring them in. And as we go along, you know, we'll run into somebody. It's like, we got to bring them in. We got to interview them. We got to talk about, just bring someone that doesn't even know anything and show how we can, you know, inspire them. Yeah. That side. So uh, what we're going to have is an open, fun discussion. We talked about viewpoints being important. And so uh, we got to have multiple viewpoints. And we want this to be, you know, we get around the safe space, the circle of trust. (laughs) But really, it should be a, a spot where you can, you know, within an ethical, you know, it's got to be ethical, right? I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not saying crossing those lines. It should be ethical. should be appreciative of people, but really to understand people's viewpoints to help make a difference so we can, you can educate, you can advocate, and we can inspire for a, a great community of, of veterinarians and people that, that love dogs. Um, man, there's just so much information we've collected. Yeah. And experience we've had. And I, I just, I've seen her keep, they're popping up in my head, but, we're going to save these for other other yes. times, other topics. Because I've been limiting myself this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Because I know yeah. there's going to be a time and a place. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. So just yeah, not to confuse people. So we just we are going to put everything at the end of the episode. You know where we can find us. Our YouTube channel. Absolutely. Our, our company website where people can find us. We are going to post that up. Yep. And we're going to put our details for people that will be interested in coming on the the, the, the podcast. You know, so we have people that might call in. We'll put our number down there. Absolutely. Never know who we can find. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to evolve and grow. Yes. As it comes along. So we're 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 behind this. We're going to stick to it. We'll get better as we go along. There's no question about it. Thank you for everyone that has listened to our pilot podcast. Thank you to the crew at Pro Partners team. It's not pass- possible without them. Thank you to our clients, obviously. It's not possible without them. And so many other people I'm sure we're going to uh, acknowledge and give gratitude for because at the end of the day, these things don't happen by themselves. So it takes a whole team of people to pull it off. And yeah, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be, I'm, I'm excited. I, we, we, got, we got it, man. Did we, did we, we get through we, the pilot. I think we did it. We did it. Third time's a charm. Real good. It was real good. Real good. I didn't even have to wonder about my hands. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Have a good day, night, wherever you're at in the world. Make it a good one. Peace and blessings. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. <laughs>